Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. Welcome to another edition of Protecting America. This past week, the war in Ukraine showed horrific scenes. The Russians have been ruthless, hitting many civilian targets like a hospital with women and children. So how does the world stop Vladimir Putin and also help the Ukrainians fight off these terrible attacks? And joining us now to talk about all of this is former Secretary for Veterans Affairs, also former Undersecretary of Defense and many other great titles, VA Secretary, the former one, Robert Wilkie. Secretary Wilkie, great to have you here. Uh, It's great to be with you, Rita. Thank you for having me. Well, this is such an important time to have you. And I've got to get your take on what we have seen of late, especially between Russia and Ukraine, um, the brutality, the attacks on civilians by the Russian forces, a hospital leveled, one of many. Where do you think we're at? Well, you just hit it. What, what we are seeing is what Russia does, and that is to apply extreme violence whenever it moves into a country. And we can go all the way back to Hungary in 56, Czechoslovakia in 67, Chechnya, Georgia, Syria, and now eastern Ukraine. They are employing uh, cluster munitions. They're employing thermobaric bombs. So let me tell you what that is. That is an explosion that feeds off of the atmosphere and will actually cause anyone near it to have his or her lungs explode. It is an incredibly vicious uh, weapon, and it's one of many weapons of terror that Putin is now employing. What's happened, his conventional attacks have been ripped to pieces. I'll give you an example. He's, according to the BBC, he's lost nine frontline commanders, generals. We lost 11 generals to battlefield wounds in all of World War II. And that was a war that spread over the entire planet. And we had 12, 12 to 15 million men under arms at any time. And he's already lost almost as many generals as we lost during that war. Wow. Because his attacks, his attacks have fallen apart. But, but the, the bottom line, as you pointed out, is Russians are now doing what Russians do. And that is to terrorize civilians. The problem that they have is that they've gone into a country with 40 million people, most of whom hate Russians and have centuries-long memories of Russian aggression, Russian terror. Remember, this was the first place that Stalin went after when he took over from Lenin and killed millions and millions of Ukrainians in the first great post-Leninist slaughter that the Soviet Union engaged in. And then, of course, they were hit by the Nazis who exterminated the Jewish population of Ukraine and, and further terrorized them. So these are people and cultures with long memories. And I, I do think, and I'll agree with my British cousins, that he's he's probably bitten off more than he can chew right now. Well, you say that he has bitten off more than he can chew. Does that mean, as you're saying, that sort of a desperate man may do desperate yeah. measures? Yeah, I think he's starting. But I think even the yes men around him in the Kremlin are going to say, boss, 
we can't do more than we're doing now because that escalates in a way that I don't even think he's really willing to risk. He's already miscalculated by inflaming the Europeans in a way that even I didn't think they were capable of, of reacting. I mean, what Russian leader wants to be known to history as the person who, who forced the Germans to rearm? And that's, that's the precipice that he's staring at. And the response, for instance, from President Macron to Russian threats is to remind the Kremlin that France has a massive nuclear force that is capable of defending the republic and inflicting incredible damage on Russia. And he pushed Macron into the position of, of reminding Putin of that. And uh, I think Boris Johnson would share the same sentiments in the UK. Yeah, it is amazing to see those individuals also, as you talked about Germany, it's been extraordinary. Do you think Putin cares or is he just sort of a madman in his own world who wants uh, to kind of no. go down in history, you know, almost like, like yeah. a Hitler? No, I, I don't think he's a madman in the sense that um, my former boss, Bob Gates, would say that he's been telling everyone what he wants to do for decades. And I don't even buy the theory about the old Soviet Union. I think this man believes that he's in the line of, of rulers like uh, Peter the Great and Catherine the Great and uh, Ivan the Terrible, who created the Russian Empire, a Russian Empire that encompassed uh, not only Ukraine, and, uh, but also uh, Finland, humbled Sweden, took over Poland. He has imperial designs. Because if you look at his writings, he, he hates Lenin because he thinks that the Leninist interlude there in Russian history deprived uh, Russia of its place in the sun as a great imperial power. So I don't think he's mad because, you know, the minute we start thinking is, he's mad instead of looking at this as cold, calculating intelligence professionals and strategists, then we start to make mistakes. Uh, we have to look at this as a chessboard and continue to move. And the problem that I see with the Biden administration is that there's there's certainly no Henry Kissinger or Richard Nixon or, or Ronald Reagan in that administration who could who could take steps ahead of Putin and get into his mind. What I've seen at the Pentagon and what I've seen from this administration is that Putin's in their head. And instead of doing the things that knock him off balance, they do nothing but react. And there are a lot of opportunities that we have that we have not exploited to really knock Putin off his game. That also includes engaging Finland, Sweden, and Turkey and changing the calculus on Russia's perimeter with, with nations that once again have centuries-long feelings about Russian aggression. One last thing on that line. Uh, a poll was taken by Reuters a few years ago. said 78% of Finns are prepared to kill Russians today. You know, you approach Finland and Sweden, then you put the Arctic in play and Putin's northern flank in play, and he has to start thinking, do I really have the capability to face off against all of these nations? Yeah, make it a threat, make it make it a yeah. force. And and just yeah. as you said, we don't see that. So how would you rate sort of the Biden administration on how they've handled this? Because they seem to be waffling all over the place. 
Right, and they've just made a hash of the Polish offer for aircraft. And I, I think it's interesting, you know, coming from a military family and, and, and having served, we're already deeply engaged in this fight. We are providing, although we're not, we haven't provided as much as Britain and Turkey and France and Germany combined. We're engaged in the fight. We are providing with weapons to kill Russians. So, you know, in my view, a plane has the capability to kill just as well as a Stinger missile or a Javelin missile. And by vacillating the way the Biden administration has, they've, they've upset our European partners. We have the capability to get aircraft in there to once again make it harder for Putin. He's suffering terrible casualties right now. And anything we can do to make him feel more pain is important. So you would support bringing in those jets. You know what I've said, and, and oh, you sure. are a student of history, Secretary Wilkie. In World War II, remember, and you know this, because of the neutrality issues and all that, right. what they brought the plane, wasn't it all the way up to Canada, and then it was pulled in. There's got to be a creative way to get them to yeah. the Ukrainian people who are desperate for it. That's right. And, and, and you're absolutely right about our history. You know, we sent things to Canada. Uh, FDR pushed the Lend-Lease Act, where we provided the British with 50 destroyers, old destroyers, in exchange for leases that we still have in Bermuda and the Bahamas, so that we could use British naval facilities there. So what would you do? Um, What would you do now if you were in charge now, and you have been in so many important administrations, the Bush administration, the Trump administration, what would you right. do now to get those planes? How do we get them creatively? Oh, well, it's, it's fairly easy. So let's go back to why the Russians are in trouble. They're in trouble because they can't. One reason is they can't fight at night. We've seen now in the past few weeks that they're incapable of conducting operations once the sun goes down. The United States and Great Britain own the night. We can see at night. We can operate at night. We train at night. Our CIA has the finest capability, the greatest capability of any force on the planet to get munitions, people, things across borders secretly. It doesn't take a lot to take a couple of planes and put them on a truck in the middle of the night and get them to outlying airfields on the western side of Ukraine. We can do those things. And instead of going through all these hoops that the Biden administration, the Biden Pentagon is now having... Uh, having us go through. So uh, obviously a plane is a little harder to move than a tank, but you can still put it on a truck. And you can still have Ukrainian pilots slip across the border into Romania, Bulgaria, Poland, and fly planes to, to airfields. Remember, Putin has also failed to control the air. It's fascinating looking at this from a military perspective. You know, we... British, the French, the Australians, we train the French, we train in combined arms, and we have a set way of doing things. The first thing is we we take control of the air that allows our ground forces, our integrated ground forces and missile forces to move. Russians haven't done that. They've never trained that way. And as a result, their planes are being shot out of the sky, and they have no, no support from their air element for their ground troops. So this offers us an opportunity to get those munitions in to Western Ukraine. And there are long lines of stalled Russian tanks and armored personnel carriers that are right now ripe for the taking. 
That's my point. I have to ask you because time is of the essence, as we're seeing, you know, with Putin and his forces, of course, hitting hospitals, hitting so many cities. It looks like they're closing in on Kiev. How critical is it that they get these extra planes so we do help them with air superiority ASAP? Yeah, yeah, I think it is critical. It's one of several elements. You know, my view is that our NATO friends have provided Ukrainians more than we have. I'll just give you a comparison. And this is based on last week's numbers, so they might have moved. The budget for new construction at Fort Bragg, the home of Army Special Forces, the 82nd Airborne, 18th Airborne Corps, the budget for new construction at Fort Bragg. And by by the way, uh, I have to interrupt you because I know there was a great commander at Fort Bragg sometime, and it was your dad. (laughs) Well, he he was an artillery commander. Yes, he was. But the budget for Fort Bragg's new construction is $669 million. As of last week, we hadn't reached that threshold in terms of money going to Ukraine. So that sort of puts in perspective. And it all goes back to decisions made in the first months of this administration to destroy everything that President Trump did, be it energy independence or in the case of Ukraine, replacing the transfer of weapons and weapons systems to the Ukrainians that Trump engaged in and replacing those with meals ready to eat and blankets, which was the Obama-Biden way of doing business. And we had ample opportunity to reverse course, and we didn't. And the Ukrainians have suffered. And then you put in something that you've talked about at length, the debacle in Afghanistan, and all Putin does is see weakness. And upon seeing that weakness and knowing President Biden's history, I mean, Putin's not stupid. I mean, he looks at the fact that this is a president who even opposed killing Osama bin Laden. And this is something my former boss, Bob Gates, writes about extensively in his book, Duty. Joe Biden opposed killing Osama bin Laden. What message does that send to a gangster like Vladimir Putin? It says that this guy is ripe for the taking. And there was an interesting piece in the Times, not the Times, the London Telegraph the other day. And I'll just read you the headline. It was on the editorial page. Trump was right on Russia. He could have been its deterrent. And the Daily Telegraph, which is one of the great newspapers on the planet, yep. um, just points out, by the way, Putin attacked Ukraine under Obama. Putin attacked Ukraine under Biden. Putin did not attack Ukraine under Trump. And I think there's a clear message there. Biden is a classic deterrent failure. And he joins a long list of Western leaders who have not uh, lived up to their responsibilities to prevent war, because that's what deterrence is all about. And, you know, the most successful leaders, for the most part, are those who can maneuver and stop this stuff before it happens. There's some cases where you just can't help it, is it, with Franklin Roosevelt, and he responded magnificently to the hand he was dealt. But you look at people like Ronald Reagan, who stopped war. And they did it. They did it because and and, and Dwight Eisenhower, they did it because they understood two things. One, the innate goodness of the American people and two, the the power that the president of the United States has to do good in the world. We just don't see that right now. 
And boy, is it a crisis right now as we're looking at the stakes couldn't be higher as we're seeing what's happening to the people of Ukraine. Right. But before I let you go, Secretary yeah. Wilkie, you really believe time is of the essence. Are we looking at days? Are we looking at what's the timetable to get these MIGs well, you think that we need yeah, to get it to them? Yeah, we could do this really fast. But let's talk about the timeline here. I, I think this has the potential to go on for years. Let's say Putin does take the capital. All he's done is turn, you know, every broken street corner that's rubble into a pillbox. And he's dispersed tens of thousands of people into the countryside whose only reason for living will be to kill Russians. So I, I don't see it ending soon. But I would also say that time is of the essence for us on a different level. And that is we have to rearm we have to rebuild. We are now spending less on defense than we have at any time since the end of World War II. This president is siphoning off billions and billions of defense dollars to please Fleet Admiral Greta Thunberg on climate change. And he's turning, he's turning the military into an arm of the progressive policy movement. China is advancing. The Iranians, we're actually using the Russians negotiate with the Iranians. I mean, that's how perverse things are right now with this administration. They're using Russian diplomats in Vienna to cut a deal or to return to the deal that Obama had with the Iranians that now threatens not only Israel, but the Sunni Arab allies of the United States. I mean, this president, his phone calls were not returned by the king of Saudi Arabia, the emirs in the Gulf states. And he is he is not thought of highly in Israel because they see him coddling the theocratic fanatics in Tehran, just as Obama did. And then it goes without saying that uh, the Chinese are a more potent enemy than the sclerotic Soviet Union ever was. They have the ability right now, Rita, to put 350 ships into the water on their coast. We have 300. Wow. Uh, 300 for global commitments. They have 110 shipyards for their Navy. We have 20. We've been in a position like this before, but it took the scales to come off Jimmy Carter's eyes in his last year. And of course, it took Ronald Reagan. But we need to move quickly on many fronts. Yeah, boy, do we. And boy, are those numbers a wake up call. Secretary Wilkie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you also, by the way, for your incredible family's history of service and also your service because. You are still a colonel in the reserves in the U.S. Air Force. But thank you so much for your insight, and thanks for all you do to keep this country and the world safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rita, for having me. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.